Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto, featuring SMU assistant golf coach, Brandon Wilkins. Brandon, welcome. Thanks Dylan, I appreciate you having me on. This is going to be fun today. Absolutely, man. Really glad to get you on the podcast here. It's been great to get to know you and you know, the team a little bit at some tournaments whenever I'm out there. And uh, how have things been lately with SMU? I know it's kind of summertime right now, but I'm sure there's still work to be done for you. Yeah, right. I mean, we're we're also we're, we're going into a busy season time, too, where we're, we're recruiting and kind of spending a lot of time on the road and yeah. trying to evaluate that next level talent that we're trying to get at SMU. And, you know, it's busy. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's always hot this time of year and we're trying to battle the heat and <laughs> yeah. try to get some, try to evaluate that talent for, for SMU and, and continue to you know grow the, grow the strength of the program and continue to see what's going on. So absolutely program there and just everything that you guys are about just seems real special. So I'm sure a lot of, I mean, recruiting has got to be pretty easy to get players to go play at SMU. I mean, it's, it's you know, a pretty yeah. good program. It seems like. Yeah. We're, we're really fortunate. We have a great facility. We have um, great supporters, great, great donors that support us and do a lot of things for us. And, and it's, it's a really special place. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a sleeping giant right now. And I think there's, we have so much upside and having Trinity Forest and having uh, everything that we have is, as far as resources goes, it's, it's just a really incredible place. And um, I feel fortunate to be a part of it. I know Coach Barr does too as well, being an alum. And I think it's just a, you know, having Bryson and Kelly Craft and Harry Higgs as a oh, yeah. PJ Tour representatives are, it's pretty cool. You know, say what you want about Bryson. He's, he's a great supporter of SMU, a great advocate. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty cool to have guys like that that are supporting the program and a part of the program um, daily. So. Absolutely. Well, it's great to kind of hear how things have been going, but we'll bring it back to where everything began for you. You know, where sure. are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf? Right. So I, I grew up in a very small town west of Fort Worth, Texas, called Alito, Texas. Um, gotcha. When I w- when I was in high school, we probably had one or two stoplights. It was really kind of prevalent for high school football. Um, okay. I think we won we won three state championships in football while I was there. Just a huge juggernaut of a, of a team, and um, you yeah. know a lot of kid a lot of kids played Division One football after that after they played Alito, and you know I think there would be twenty thousand people at the football games on a Friday night. Oh so. my gosh. Not, not, yeah, exactly. I mean, more than some division two and even some division one schools football capacity yeah. for, for the game. So it was really fun to go to those games. I, I think we beat team 65 to nothing during the regular season. Oh my pretty, gosh. They're pretty, pretty fun to watch. We had a Gatorade player of the year and Jonathan Gray. And so, you know, it wasn't really known for golf. We had a pretty good golf team and had some good resources there, but it was yeah. not, it's not known for golf. And you know, we, we went to state championship a couple of times and we were decent, had some division one players that played college golf afterwards, but yeah, definitely not, definitely not a golf school. Right. If you may. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I mean, football is huge in some parts, you know, I mean, there's just, it's right. just pre- more prevalent than others, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like golf wasn't the kind of like, quote unquote cool sport to play right, exactly. sometimes right, and it's like right exactly so I mean I totally get what you're saying but I mean as you kind of progress I mean obviously you played high school golf talk a little bit about where you're from and everything like that you know what kind of scores were you shooting in high school did you play in tournaments outside of high school golf I mean right. just kind of talk about your junior career a little bit yeah I mean I was uh very inconsistent I'm still very inconsistent with golf these days, but I was very inconsistent in junior golf. I'd probably shoot anywhere from 67 to 88. You know, I was very up and very up and down. I mean, I remember one term I was, I think I shot 89, 69 or 70 or something like that. So I was very inconsistent. I had, I had some talent, but I definitely blow it up sometimes too and shoot shoot a really high number. And so I, you know, I wasn't really highly recruited out of, out of high school. I had, you know, had some division two offers and, um, definitely a, some junior college offers. We can get into that a little bit later, but, uh, definitely some up and down scores. That's golf, right? I mean, it's such such an up and down sport and that's what makes these good. Yeah. It makes these good players really good. So, right. Exactly. Consistent. Exactly. And, and it's, you know, that's all part of the game. And I mean, but it's great to, you know, you had glimpses of good play, you know, kind of tell me about your recruiting process. I mean, what steps did you take in contacting schools or was it mostly just kind of them coming to you or what was that kind of conversation like? 
Right. So back in the day, there was a, and there still is a junior golf tour that called the TJDT, and they were really involved in the college recruiting process. And gotcha. a rival high school, one of the players' dads ran the, the TJGT, and he oh, was gotcha. very help. Yeah, very helpful in the recruiting process. And so we got a lot of insight there. Um, he actually used to be the former golf coach at Oklahoma. And oh, so sweet. it was really helpful to kind of get into it with him and kind of figure out what I needed to do for the recruiting process. And, but, you know, obviously scores kind of take care of themselves. And, right. you know, you can't really force yourself into a, into a program unless your family has some resources or they have alumni at the school. And right. it's, it's kind of kind of one of those deals where, you know, scores kind of take care of themselves. And, Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had shot some decent enough scores where I got some division two and some division one looks and, and then ultimately the, the junior college look. And so, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of back and forth of emailing with, with, uh, with coaches and, uh, just kind of saying, Hey, here's where I'm at. I'm, I'm playing in this. Hey, I hope you get to come watch me. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm working hard. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm learning a lot about myself through, through the playing competitive golf and going through the recruiting process and trying to figure out what I need to do to be, be good at the next level. Right. And so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely stressful. It doesn't matter what kind of level player you are. I think oh my gosh, you'll, yeah. you'll talk to top level junior recruits. It's still, it's still really stressful because, you know, am I making the right decision? Am I talking to the right coaches? And is this coach really all about what he says he is? And so right. it can definitely be kind of stressful in that regard. There's just so much, going into it and there's honestly Dylan there's so many good places to play college golf absolutely Um, but you don't want to be stuck playing in that one place that may not be the right fit for you or you know the coach may say one thing in the recruiting process but turn out to be a total jerk jerk when you get there and so (laughs) yeah yeah, you know having guidance in this in this process is really important and I I think I had great guidance going through it and, and figuring out what I needed to do and ultimately landed me at a junior college, which I, I, I'm very thankful for the route I took. So. Absolutely. Well, and it's like, it's such an important decision as you touched on a little bit there. I mean, it's right. Some kids are making it at, you know, their seventh, eighth, you know, freshman year of high right. school. And it's yeah. like, I mean, sometimes you don't even know what you want at that point and things could change. So, I mean, I know, it, I, I think the definitely the rules have changed for the better. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I think the the rules are, better for the kids these days um, uh-huh, I, I yeah. think you'll see back in the day I mean kids were making decisions at sixth grade I mean how do you you don't That's know what insane. you want for dinner yeah, yeah you're, right you're, 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 you're having macaroni and lucky charms for, for <laughs> dinner at sixth grade how can you make a decision on college so right right yeah. yeah I mean it's just crazy but I'm glad that you said there's so many good places to play golf out there because there's right the there mentality is mentality of play d1 this 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 and it's like right it has to be d1 right 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 but i mean you you took the community college route i mean can right. I talk about what it what went into that decision and why did you pick the junior college route and maybe touch a little bit about your time playing there right i mean i i think you know i, I had some options and ultimately it i wanted to play at a place where i knew the team was going to be really competitive right and Obviously, scholarship money was a factor. I, I received a full ride offer to, to McLennan Community College in Waco. And, yeah. you know, not many people outside of Texas know what McLennan is. But yeah. in the junior college ranks, it's a it's a powerhouse. It's a, it's a jugger, juggernaut. They've they've won yeah. several national championships. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when I when I was going through this process, like I want to be surrounded by really good players. You know, I'm not going to play Division One golf at an extremely high level at this rate. And so right. I, I chose this route. I, you know, I, I got in there. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to be the man. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play every tournament. I'm, I'm going to be the best player. And I, I get in there and it's a harsh reality. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the fringe. I'm in the fifth, fifth and sixth man. And these guys are all really, really solid player and players. We had, you know, guys from Scotland. Um, yeah. You know, we had two future Baylor Bear players that, you know, remain stays in the lineup and Hunter Shattuck and Andrew Hands. And, wow. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to Juco. It shouldn't be this hard to play in a lineup. And, right. Uh, right. I'm, I'm sadly mistaken. It, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome to, to be a part of that. We were ranked number one in the country my whole sophomore year. And so just being a part of that made me a lot better. And so, you know, going into it, I, I really didn't have an idea of what the team was going to be like, but I knew that we were going to be competitive. I knew a lot of the guys that were going to the t- uh, going to play for McLennan and yeah. um, they had been good. So I was like, you know, this is this is a great opportunity to to get better, but also position myself for a, um, a Division One school or you know something higher up after I get done with my two years. So absolutely, it, well, and it, it worked out. Yeah, and it's kind of nice that you know it was in it was in the you know in the area that you were coming right. from, and I right. mean you didn't go away to this 
division one program no. that was across the country and you right. struggled, you know I mean? That, that can be tough. I mean, it can be really tough. You know, I think some, some people are better equipped for going away and not yeah. being part of a part of the region. You know, I, I, I don't know if you've known many people from Texas, but we're pretty regionally based. You know, we uh-huh. like Texas people like to stay in Texas. You know, it's funny. Not, I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah we uh-huh. don't like to, we don't like to leave. And, you know, that could be a blessing and a curse. Right. Uh, you know, you can, you can look at our roster at SMU. It's the majority of guys on our team are, are Texas guys. And you yeah. know, I think there's something to be said about that. It's a great state, but also the weather and, you know, the, the golf community here is pretty strong. And so yeah. I think that's, that's part of the reason why. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you brought that up because thinking back now to guests that I've had on that are from Texas, if they leave Texas, it's for a big, a big university, you know, that's like worth leaving Texas. For, right. You know, it seems like so. Right. And, it, and it's usually not long. They always find a way back in Texas. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, uh, it's never for a long period of time. I, I don't know many people that have left Texas and stayed out of Texas, maybe a few friends, but you right. know, it's yeah, definitely it's, a place to live that people like I guess absolutely well and it's great that you had a very competitive junior college to play at because I mean like you said right. you kind of you know you wanted you you know the division one golf right out of high school wasn't really kind of it wasn't probably wasn't the best decision for you but so mm-hmm. playing junior college golf developing your game you know to eventually get to that point um you know what were your junior college days like I mean I played junior college I loved my junior college days <laughs> I mean I'm sure I'm sure you know there were some really good times with you know with your team there um, right you know, so yeah. the way so the way it was structured I and this is this is hilarious I don't know who thought this was a great idea but at <laughs> McLennan there there are no there are no dorms we have oh, no gotcha. dorms so there's no on-campus living and gotcha. so you know, you have several sports, you got men's, women's basketball, you know, et cetera. And so a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. So you had to have to find a place to house these student athletes. And so <laughs> there is a duplex area, probably about 10 minutes north of campus. Nice. And all the student athletes lived in duplexes in that area. Oh, and boy. so, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So we lived in a duplex, <laughs> me and seven other guys on the golf team. And oh you can imagine the, the kind of fun and trouble we got into. And, you know, I, I think it was just a, just a blast to live with seven other guys. And, you know, you, you, you got to see all your teammates and buddies and yeah, it, it makes you really close too. It, it you better be close too, or else you guys are going to fight a lot. And, but absolutely, and, and, you know, we, we became really, really close. And so, you know, I still, I still spend a lot of time with my, my teammates from McLennan and, you know, you, you begin to form that bond after living together and spending all that time together oh, and pretty yeah. much doing everything together. And, and I think it's so much different than a, a division one or division two school where you can kind of go out and make your own friends and kind of create your own relationships outside the team. And there really wasn't that here because it was kind of a commuter school and there was not many people our age that were going to classes. And, and, yeah. and so you were kind of stuck with your teammates. And so you better get to know your teammates. And it was kind of, you know, the, our coach kind of talked to us like it was a family. It was definitely a brotherhood and it was definitely a family, which you hear that a lot, but it, yeah. When you live with seven other, when you live with seven other guys, it definitely turns into a family like atmosphere. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure, fine. I'm sure, you know, it's really cool to look back on those days and I'm sure there's a lot of memories that you can go back and talk to with your buddy still about, you know, right. just those days, but what was kind of the, the path you wanted to take? What was the, what was the process for, you know, going through recruiting again, but you're kind of, you know, you're transferring from a Yeah, college. it was it go, going, going through that process again is not fun. It's not, it's not fun. And you, know, oh, you yeah. have, you have, it, it's just never, it's all, it's, I guess it's not fun. It's just stressful trying to figure out what you're gonna do next. And then, so yeah. same, same type of deal. I kind of had some other looks some division one, division two, II, division three looks. And ultimately I, I decided to go to commit to Abilene Christian and, yeah. um, you know, they were transitioning division one at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably yeah. when I was coming in, there was going to be their second year to, as division one school. And so my dad went there, obviously he, yeah. he's a big, he's a big mainstay, mainstay of my life. Um, and so he was, he kind of not, he didn't push me to go to Abilene Christian, but you know, he, he had a great time there and he loved Abilene Christian. And, you know, I'm a small town guy. I, I love being in a small town and Abilene was a great fit for me. And so I, I thought this would be a great place where I could go in and play. Um, yeah. That was kind of my, one of my first thoughts. I wanted to go in and play a lot of tournaments. I didn't want right. to, I didn't want to sit on the bench. I didn't want to watch the guys go play in, in tournaments and me stay at home. And so I, I decided, and I was like, you know, that, that's a, that's a place where I can play a lot. You know, we're not going to be as competitive as we were in McLennan, but it's a place where I can get a great degree. Mm-hmm. 
it's a, it's a place that's close to home. It's a place where, where I can play golf. And at the time I, a really good coach was coming in or I had a, we had a really good coach. And so Uh same type deal as, as I did, I had in McLennan where I had a great coach in McLennan. I I wanted to have a good coach at Allen Christian. And that was kind of the, kind of the situation, kind of decision that was made. And I, I, another great decision. I I got lucky into that again too. So. Absolutely. Well, and it's great to have, you know, some insight from your dad before you even kind of attend there. Right. And then also a place that you wanted to go play, because I mean, you only have a couple years left eligibility. You don't want right. to sit on the bench for a year and then play one year of, you know, there. So, right. I mean, it's great that you were factoring all this stuff in. It's close to home. I mean, mm-hmm. and they were making that transition. You know, they were division two to right. division one. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's huge right yeah, there. Definitely. It's, um, you know, getting better tournaments. It yeah. feels more competitive. It may not be, but it feels more competitive because you're right. quote unquote division one. Uh-huh, right. And it was, you know, it was a great, pretty good facilities. We had a, a country club with two golf courses and a golf course called Diamondback Golf Club, which actually Charles Cootie, who won the Masters, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, runs that place. Uh, Parker and Pearson Cootie's grandfather. And so, uh-huh. yeah, you know, if you have a Masters tournament champion running a golf course and, you know, he, he obviously his son, Kyle Cootie was a great player and Parker Pearson, obviously yeah. the results speak for themselves, but you know, the right. course can be run pretty good and it's going to be pretty good shape. And so really cool spot in, in Abilene and you know, there's, there's, there's a misconception that Abilene is probably just flat West Texas, but no, it has some undulation <laughs> and you, you get to play some, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. There, there's a, yeah. It's a pretty cool golf course and the Abilene country club is really nice. And so we got to play at all of those and, yeah, I mean, that seems like everything was working out really well over there at ACU for you. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. How, how would you compare, you know, maybe your junior college days and kind of, I mean, you said you guys were pretty competitive at your junior college, but how would you compare maybe the uh, the schedule wise or maybe the, uh, you know, how much time you guys were putting in to your right. games compared to, you know, to, to Division One at ACU? <laughs> right. I, I would say uh, the academics at Abilene Christian were probably a lot more strenuous than they were at the junior college as you know you're kind of just there to play golf and if you're half awake during half your classes you're going to make a's in your junior college classes and at yeah. Abilene Christian you got to kind of try a little bit more but if you're if you're paying attention and you're studying at least a little bit you're going to do okay and I think that's most college anyways you know if you're paying attention going to class working somewhat hard on your studies you're going to you're going to be okay and so right right yeah, I think you know, that's uh that's one of those deals where it yeah it's pretty funny you talk so about I, you know, I, junior I, college like that because I mean I totally relate to you <laughs> right yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely not hard right and then it's it's definitely a situation where you're you don't have to do much to get by and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of guys on my team in Clint that were just naturally smart that just made A's without even trying and so and it became a little bit more different at Abilene Christian but it definitely wasn't wasn't too bad Right, right. Well, it seems that, you know, everything at ACU had to offer, you know, it fit in really well for you. Seemed that you really enjoyed your time there. As you were kind of coming to the end of your college career, I mean, what was what was kind of your path or what what did you want to do after college golf? Was like professional golf in the path for you or was it just like, you know, let's get straight into coaching? Yeah, so I, you know, I'd always had that in the back of my mind a little bit and, you know, playing playing professional golf was always a thought if you're playing some form of competitive golf you right you watch you know the pga tour on tv you watch majors you watch all sorts of competitive golf and you're like man i really want to do this for a living and uh, kind of between my sophomore and junior year i had a really big injury where i tore my acl oh wow and so that was that kind of set me back big time and i can get that into a little bit more about talking about yeah, it was definitely very interesting. I had, it was actually pretty crazy um, yeah, going into yeah. going into going into Abilene Christian and kind of the process of that. And so I I had was playing church league basketball. You know, I, I love basketball. It's a great form of exercise and you know get the heart rate up and yeah. um, you know doing all that. And and so I was playing. It was a pretty competitive league, and I uh, I tore my ACL in a, in a in a game. That was in June. And I was thinking, man, I'm. I cannot believe I just did that. That's six months of recovery. I just took away half my college golf junior year, basically right. away from me. And, and right. I was like, man, this, this is going to stink. I, no big deal. Like I called the coach and I said, Hey, I, I just tore my ACL. I'm going to have to have surgery and get this repaired. And I, I'm not gonna be able to play golf until probably October, late October, mid October. And so, wow. What was his response? Oh, uh, you, he's, he's a great guy. You know, he was, he was a really good guy. And he was said, you know, just get, get better. And, and, um, 
get recovered and, and, and fix that up and be ready to go whenever you can play and don't rush it. And so gotcha. I was like, awesome. No big deal. We're, we're, we're great. Uh, five days later, he calls me and says, Hey, Brandon, I'm not going to be your golf coach at Abilene Christian anymore. Oh, and, and so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've just lost my place to play college golf at. I'm not going to play college golf at Abilene Christian. I better start getting on the horn and seeing where I could play and, right. and, and figure, figuring that out. I'm, no one's going to want to take a guy that's injured and oh my has, has an ACL injury and, you know, college golf coaches their first year and have the kind of the, the power to kind of, you know, take and remove guys from the team as they see right. fit. And right. so it was kind of a waiting game for a couple of weeks. You know, I, probably actually a little bit longer than that. Probably about a month goes by and they finally hire a coach and uh-huh. um, the coach's name is Tom Shaw and Tom Shaw was, at Vanderbilt for six years before he was at Abilene Christian. And so gotcha. he, got, he gets hired to come to Abilene Christian. And so, you know, all of, all of us are thinking, wow, we get a big power five SEC head coach to come be the golf coach to Abilene Christian, which is, uh-huh. you know, exciting, but also intimidating. At the time. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I, I better start, I better go start chipping or putting soon with this injury and trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. Right. So, so I'm thinking, man, hopefully, hopefully he still takes me. And so, you know, Tom was, Tom was really gracious and, he says, you know, I, I'm going to give you a chance. Come get better. Uh, don't rush it. Same thing as Coach Campbell said. Don't get better. Get better. Don't rush it. Um, oh, that's great. Start, pl- start playing when you can. And yeah, so, I, you know, I played for him for two years and I was, uh, you know, I, I got to play in several events. It still wasn't the same after playing, uh, having the ACL surgery right, and, right. and going through that. I all lost a lot of club head speed, lost a lot of flexibility. And, you know, you go through an injury like that, it's kind of, harder cover from that especially when college golf is such a yeah it it seems like a long it seems like a long time when you're playing in it but it's such a short stint and short season that you're just going you know bang 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 and you're done and so it was hard but yeah getting to getting to play under him was really good I I got to learn a lot from him and you know having a guy like that with a lot of professional golf experience and just a lot of golf knowledge IQ was super helpful and you know he kind of helped a lot of us figure out what we were doing out there basically. And so, absolutely. I mean, that's a huge help to get a coach like him to come right. to your, you know, your program. And I mean, it's great that, I mean, like you said, whenever coaches start switching around and stuff, I mean, you don't, who knows what can happen. I mean, there, right. you have no, could, you, yeah, you have no idea what you're going to get. And so exactly. It's, it's uh, you know, the, the, the fundraisers and the, and the donors at, at Abilene Christian are, are really, really good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, people that support men's golf at Abilene Christian. So they're, um, they're up and coming. They just made regionals for the first time this year. And so yeah, won their conference championship. And so I, I think that's pretty cool stuff. So yeah, that's awesome to see, man. That is so cool. Um, you know, after, you know, you kind of got, you know, past your injury, like you said, and, you know, it wasn't the same after that, but I mean, was there kind of a new appreciation for you to just be like happy to be there and playing golf or anything? I mean, Definitely. I mean, I think when something important is taken away from you, right? You're you're kind of thinking when you get it back, it just has a new found appreciation and perspective about the situation. Right. Beforehand, you're treating it as a job. You kind of have to do this, and then when you get back into it, it's, hey man, I, I get to do this. I get to play this game that I love. I the game that I cherish. A game that's really important to me. And you get out there, and there's no expectations, right? You, right. We put so many we put so many expectations on ourselves as golfers, and to be a certain way, and to play a certain way. And um, you know, when those expectations fall through, we get disappointed, and we almost treat the game as a as a job or a you know something that we almost sometimes dislike at right. times. That's I think that's what, that's what makes it so addicting, right? You know, it's such yeah. a, such a such a high and low game where you're you you really feed off the highs and then you're really low on the lows and it's it's so you know it's so fun and it's it's a really special deal to to be able to get to play this game and definitely some perspective and an enjoyment after I got to come back and you know it was a long road to recovery six months of a post-op and just a oh yeah just a difficult recovery process and when I got to get out there and start hitting balls and it's crazy when you don't play after playing after a while I don't know if you ever experienced this but yeah yeah you you almost play better because there's no expectations (laughs) there's no expectations right there's no there's no uh preconceived ideas of how I need to play or I've been practicing so my expectations are through the roof you you go out there and it's like this this seems a lot easier and so yeah exactly I mean ever since I graduated playing college golf it's like I took a break and then it's like okay I want to get back into playing you know you start playing again you're like 
my gosh, like, where was this kind of golf, you know, back when you played college golf? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I, I do the same. I'm probably a better player now than I was in college. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. I part, yeah, it's crazy. I, I think partly has to do with, with the job and kind of seeing golf in a new light and right. being on this, this uh, definitely being on this side of it helps. Yeah, because uh, you see a lot of guys make stupid mistakes. Be like, and I'm thinking, I don't want to make those mistakes while I'm actually playing. So, right, it definitely helps you think better. I don't know how much physically better I am, but I'm I'm definitely a better player than I was in college, and hopefully continue to improve. So, absolutely, you know, it's funny that you say that because I can totally relate to that. Absolutely, but I mean, geez, you got through your injury, you played your time at ACU, and then I mean, kind of going back to you know, whenever your college career was coming to an end. I mean, what was your plan after college was, I mean, like you said, you'd always, you know, you'd always wanted to play pro and all this and that stuff. What were the first steps you took, I guess, right after college? Never had a thought to play pro golf. That was, you know, once I had the injury and, and kind of all that, it was <clears throat> kind of a lot of my body to try and, and play right. a lot of golf in a row. And, you know, this, this game takes a lot of, you have to grind really hard. You have to practice oh really hard gosh, and yeah. you can't really outwork guys on the, on, in professional golf. You can kind of work out, outwork guys in, in, in college golf, but you can't work out, outwork guys in, in pro golf. And I'm thinking, man, I, I can't really outwork guys in college golf based on my injury. And I'm going to have to work really hard in pro golf to, to right. do that. And I can't, I can't outwork guys. And so and I think that's one of the things that went into my decision. I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to probably go into something business and maybe work for my dad's company that he, that he's running. And, but I guess in December, I graduated in December and I was helping Tom out um, as a volunteer assistant role after my eligibility had exhausted. And gotcha. so gotcha. Tom's, a, Tom's a head coach at Avalon Christian and um, I was helping him out in a volunteer role. And I graduate in December and you know, a week goes by and he says, hey, I've got a, I've got a full-time position for you open um, if, right. you're interested, if you're interested in, in being my assistant coach. And I'm thinking, hey, I I don't want to be a coach. I don't know anything about coaching. What's, what's coaching? I, what do you, what do you, what do you do with this job? Like, how do you, how do you coach? Right. Right. I'm, and I'm, I know I thought it over for a week or two and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this. It sounds like fun. Yeah. I get to travel around the country. I get to watch golf all the time. And exactly. Uh, you know, this, this sounds like a pretty good gig. And I think subconsciously I didn't realize this, but you know, I had such an amazing mentor and role model at my junior college coach that, uh -huh. you know, and, and same with Tom, he's such a great mentor and role model that subconsciously I'm thinking, man, I, I'm kind of destined to be a coach after having these two guys as coaches. I, right. You know, I, I you know, I, as you know, being 18 to 22 years old, that's a very <laughs> pivotal time in your life, right? Oh, that's yeah. a, you kind of become the person you're going to be at, from 18 to 22 years old, you're kind of on your parents' wings before then they kind of get to put the guardrails on you and kind of say, Hey, this is what you need to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Exactly. Uh, when you go off to college, there's really no one there to tell you what to do and what not to do. And so, yep. um, and I was, I, I, I considered myself so fortunate to have the two coaches I had. I mean, Vince was, if anybody that, anybody that knows Vince will tell you, he's probably one of the best coaches in the country that no one knows about. Um, you talk to Mike McGraw Baylor, he'll say that Vince is the best college golf coach in the country. And gotcha. he's, at, he's at a junior college and he's so awesome. I mean, he's so giving, so gracious, humble, but also really knows how to develop young men, not only as golfers, but as young men. And I, I think he really helped me become the man that I'm, that I'm trying to be today. And so I, I really appreciate him. And it definitely goes, I think it goes into my subconscious decision to be a coach and same with Tom. I mean, Tom was different. He's more, on the golf side, the analytic side, but also very relational. And we became really close. We're still really close to this day. And we talk probably once a week and same with Vince. And so definitely there was no conscious decision thinking that I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a college golf coach and I'm, I'm destined for this job. And I've, I've always wanted to be a college golf coach and this is what I'm going to do. And, but I think subconsciously there was a, there was a pull for me to be a college golf coach. I don't, I don't know if both these guys kind of influence that in, in such a positive light. And so I, I think that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And I'm thinking, man, if I can influence, influence young men into being a, a great future husband, future father, future, whatever, um, businessman or whatever they're, they're supposed to do, then I, then I want to do it. And what better platform there is to be on than, than golf. There's no better platform right. than golf. Right. Um, man, I think, golf is such a synonymous game to life, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's no 
better game out there than golf. The question is, how do we deal with all this? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the question of golf. How do we deal with all this? Uh-huh. And what's the same question for life? How do we deal with all this? And right. so exactly and so, it would a what a great platform and to, to use golf as to help guys, you know, become the men they want to be. So, yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, I had previously recorded with a guy his name is Josh Africa plays division three golf. I mean, he <laughs> says golf is a game of life. I mean, and kind of touching on what you're saying, you know, that 18 to 22 range of your life is you're going out there, you're figuring things out and you had good, you know, mentors, role models, coaches to kind of, you know, get be you know, allow you to be the man you are today or that you you know, you're trying to be continuing. Exactly. And it's like, here you are, you never thought you'd be a college golf coach. You mean you said, I mean, what, what, how do you even coach? Why, what, what do you even do? But I mean, look at you. Yeah, now. What do you do? Yeah. Right. It's pretty crazy how it comes full circle like that. I mean, it's it crazy. does. And I never really would have thought that it would have came full circle. And uh, here I am. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have a lot of great opportunities and, you know, continue to, to stick to that mission that I have is, you know, create a relationship with, with guys on the team and, and try to help them along with life. And, you know, golf just gets, golf just gets in the way sometimes. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm addicted to golf. I love golf. I love playing golf. I love being around the game. There's, there's not much, you know, I think you talk to a lot of coaches that won't play for the whole year. I mean, if I'm not coaching or recruiting, I'm, I'm playing golf with buddies or friends and, and, uh, spending my free time that way so absolutely well i mean if you follow if you follow coach here on instagram you you will see you will see numerous swing videos i mean there is a lot of you know coach like you said whenever you're not recruiting or coaching i mean you're playing i mean yeah I'm and, and you show that <laughs> yeah i'm playing man i'm i'm i'm, I'm definitely a tinkerer I, I love being competitive with my buddies and, and going out and playing various games on the golf course i i don't play a whole lot of tournament golf by any means I, yeah, i'm not yeah I'll play some member guests and and two man tournaments and, uh, you know, I like to be collaborative that way, but don't really like to, I'm not, not saying I'm I'm embarrassed or anything like that, but there's just not much for me to gain. I, if I play good, I'm supposed to play good because I'm a coach. If I play bad, it's just embarrassing. So (laughs) I get you. I get you. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolan Auto is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Canyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. But I mean, so, it, it's it's great that golf was always there and you can always play it, you know what I mean? And it's it's just great that being a college golf coach has got to be, it, I mean, there's that's one of the best jobs to have out there. It's got to be. It's got to be one of the best jobs out there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, especially if you get a good group of guys. Um, yeah. That, that you like being around and they all like each other and, and they're all receptive to what you want to talk about and, and, you know, receptive to having a relationship with you. And, you know, I think it's, it's really important to, to have relationships in this job, because if you, this day and age, it's so much easier to talk to a guy in decision-making about life or golf or whatever they're doing, if you have a great relationship with them. And so right. we're really fortunate to do a lot of really cool things and, I think it's just really, it's really special to to get to see great players do great things. Also, I mean, we have a great team at SMU, and you know, I'm lucky to, I'm fortunate to be a part of it to to witness a lot of a lot of great players and a lot of great um, accomplishments that they get to get to do. But it's also the the best part about it, the linking part of that is just having a great relationship with the guys, I think is, is is huge. It makes it all that much better. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I kind of want to go, you know, go back to the experiences, you know, you were assistant coach at ACU, you know, for a few years at your alma mater. And then whenever, you know, as your time was kind of coming to an end there, you know, you made the transition from ACU to going to university of Denver, kind of the same role and stuff. You know, what was it like transitioning, going to somewhere that's not Texas? I mean, going right. to the University of Denver, there's snow in Colorado, a little bit right. different, you know, surroundings. What was it like your time at University of Denver? Yeah, I mean, I, 
it definitely was a huge culture shift for me. I, I okay. went from small, small town Abilene, Texas to, to big city, Denver, Colorado, but right. um, our team was a lot more diverse, not as many Texas kids and more, more kind of different nationalities and different backgrounds and different States. And, uh, but that, that time in my life was a huge blessing to me too. Cause one, we were, it, it goes back to the relationship part of it all. We, we had great relationship with the guys on the team. I, I didn't know if I was going to have great relationships with, with the guys on the team based on my background. Cause you know, I, I don't know anything about Ecuador or Hawaii or Korea or Canada or Washington. So you're, right. you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, you know, different cultures and different backgrounds. And so you're thinking, man, what is a guy from West Texas going to know about any of this stuff and how is he going to relate <laughs> to these guys? And so, I get you. but it's, it, it's, it's really easy. I, I think golf also teaches adaptability, right? I mean, we right. have to adapt to, to what we got going on. And so another life lesson from golf, be adaptable. And so, you know, I, I got in there and, you know, I started building relationships early with the guys and we got along really well. I, I had to take a little bit different role than I did at Abilene Christian. I was more of an enforcer. I was, I was tough on the guys. I had to kind of speak some, speak some tough words. My, my boss was really kind and compassionate and, uh, yeah. you know, being tough was probably not his MO, but he was, he was, had so many other great qualities. Um, yeah. But you kind of have to have that opposites kind of attract type deal when in a coaching relationship. And so, uh -huh. yeah. And, you know, I was definitely, definitely tough on the guys, but we had great relationships we were we were actually really, really good. One conference, my first year there and made it to regionals and um, didn't play great at regionals, but had a great year than that. And, you know, really competitive. I started learning a lot there. That's kind of my first, Hey, what does a good college golf team look like? And, you know, what do good players look like? And right. not that we're, we weren't good at Abilene Christian, but we're definitely not on this level and yeah. definitely taking that step up in my career was huge for me and trying to figure out, Hey, this is what looks good. And this is what, what it takes to be good and uh, being around some good teams um, when we played against them and ha having that opportunity was huge for me. Um, my boss also gave me a lot of free reign to kind of just go, go after it, just do the job. And there you go. Not, not necessarily, you know, not limited to just recruiting, but to pretty much everything. So just, just do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. So yeah. You'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. So it was good. And, um, and so I, I spent two years there and uh, my boss ended up leaving after, after two years. And so I was kind gotcha. of stuck. I actually got offered the head coaching job there at, uh -huh. at, at Denver. And, um, you know, I, and at the same time, I got offered the assistant job at SMU. And so yeah, I, that's tough. I'm, I'm stuck in a really hard decision to make. And, you know, I'm thinking about it and I'm praying about it and, and I'm thinking, what, what should I do here? I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, am I ready for being a head coach? Um, you know, taking one more step at the next level of being at SMU would be a huge thing for my career and trying to figure that out. Right. Um, at a really high level top 25 program that has had success and been really solid and has really good players already now, uh -huh. you know, being at Denver would be a rebuilding deal. And I didn't know if, like I told you earlier in the podcast, you know, Texas guys always find a way back. to right. Texas. And yep. so, uh, you know, I, I thought about it for a long time and, and decided ultimately to come to SMU and, and uh, very thankful for my, for my two years at ACU and two years at, at Denver. I, I learned a lot. I spent a lot of time around good coaches, my head coaches were awesome. They, they taught me a lot. They taught me a lot about recruiting, taught me a lot about life, taught me a lot about the profession because yeah, a lot of people have the misconception that you're just going to, after you play pro golf, you're just going to step into coaching and uh -huh. know what to do. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's not that way. It's, it's, it's pretty tough dealing with an organization. I, I would consider being a college golf coach, like a vice president or a president of a small organization. And it's, it's not necessarily all developing players and you're, just focus on golf all the time. It's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's more about having the, the big vision and the, the big picture and um, trying to be a visionary of what your program wants to look like and be like, and right. um, establishing a culture. And it's definitely just like running a small business. I think there's so many synonymous um, characteristics in that regard. And, you know, having great players and being a good team is just kind of the, the part of it, I guess that's, that's the small part of it, that there's way more to it. So absolutely i mean there is so much work that goes into just being an assistant coach i mean right let yeah. alone a, you know a head coach as well i mean like you said i mean being a vice president or president of a small organization i mean that's that's a great definition of right. what it's like to be a college coach i mean it's not you go out there watch guys and know oh, you need to do this this and this it's it's right. a lot more work that goes into it 
Right. Especially the bigger you go. I think, I mean, I, I think at Avalon Christians, it's a lot about player development or was like a, about player development. Now they're getting a lot better where they're getting a lot of good players in. And obviously going to regionals is a great accomplishment, but you know, the bigger you go, the more hands off you are basically because, yeah, you know, if someone once told me you want to recruit thoroughbreds, not a dead horse. So <laughs> right. Uh, right. our goal is to recruit thoroughbreds and try to just let them run basically. And so, uh-huh. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely more management and big picture and visionary and, hey, what is SMU golf going to be like? What do we want it to look like when, when we come out there at a tournament? Um, how are we going to get donors on board? How are we going to fundraise? How are we going to make this thing basically unbeatable uh, in the recruiting right. aspects or just in the eyes of, of people around Dallas or SMU and, you know, something to be proud of, basically. And so, mm-hmm. um Chris has done a great job before, before Chris, Jason and Lowe and, and Chris did a great job. They were turning it SMU into, into a sleeping giant and it, it's, it's pretty great now, but you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of that now and kind of be a Chris's right hand man and, and his vision to what SMU is. So. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it is so cool. I mean, seeing whenever you guys are out at tournaments and just the way you guys go about things, I mean, it's very serious and you guys definitely have a way of going about things. I mean, it's, and that's all part of being a college coach and that's kind of what your guys' plan is. And, and that goes into every single shot that's hit every single practice round that you guys have. I mean, you guys can see the professionalism whenever you guys are going about your business. That's for sure. Right. We, uh, you know, Chris and I are, are, are both very competitive. We want to be good. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think, I think being professional is kind of one of our MOs you know, that's one of our, one of our rules, our team rules is to be professional. And, um, you know, a lot of our guys kind of exude that and the way they go about things. And, you know, I, I think they, and that, that goes, that transcends, you know, just golf. It's how you treat others, how you treat people. Um, yeah. Uh, how you go about your business in your practice round, you know, we can, we can't control how, how the guys play, but we can control how, what their attitudes are and, and, uh, how they, um, get ready for an event. So how they're, yeah. how, how prepared they are. So, yeah, I think that's, that's one thing that Chris and I are, you know, constantly thinking about how, we, how can we prepare better and how can, can we get our guys attitudes in the way they need to be to play the best they possibly can. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so cool. I mean, you being the assistant coach at Southern Methodist now, I mean, you're going to be going into your third season with the team. I mean, kind of just talk about, you know, what are the plans or, you know, for the future of SMU? Obviously you guys are very competitive. You guys like to be very professional. You know, what are some goals that maybe you have and coach Parra have for the program? Right. So the last couple of years, we had some really mainstays in the lineup and, uh, yeah. And Mac, Mac Meisner and Noah Goodwin and, uh, Mac graduated last year and is now playing on the corn Ferry tour. Noah just graduated this year and is, uh, playing on PJ Tour Canada, and so, you know, we're going to be. Both those guys were, they were huge influences on what SMU golf is today. It's, uh-huh. yeah. you know, having having those guys not only leaders on the golf course but off the golf course was so important for us to kind of create this new SMU uh, team like mentality or culture. It was huge. Mac was such a great leader off the golf course, and he was one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. And you know, having him as a leader was, was huge for us and it kind of created what SMU is. I know you had, we had the Bryson's and yeah. the Kelly's and the, and the Harry Higgs, but I think as of recently, our team has kind of been good. Um, you know, we Absolutely. had great players, great players before, but now our team is kind of becoming good. And so, you know, having those guys really helped us. Noah, everyone talks about Bryson, how Bryson was probably the best player to walk through SMU. But I think if you look at the st- statistics and overall results, uh-huh. Noah's going to go down as one of the best players to ever walk through SMU statistically. And so same yeah. with Matt. So uh, those two guys kind of set the set the tone for, for years to come. And, um, you know, we're going to be really young next year. We're going to have a five or six, six freshmen coming in next year. And so gotcha. uh, pretty, pretty huge class, but we're also losing six guys. And so kind of just yeah. replace them with that six and a lot of great players coming in. They're going to be young, kind of hungry to learn. And, you know, we're going to have to spend more time actually coaching than we ever had before because of, yeah, you don't really have to, you really don't have to coach Mac Meisner or no, yeah, you just let him run the thorough. You let him, you let him <laughs> run, you let him run, you let him be good. And you kind of just kind of keep them inside the guardrails of not getting too upset with themselves or, Right. You know, what makes what makes those guys good is that they're just super high achievers and they're perfectionists and they want to be great. And so yeah. uh, sometimes with that, you get a little bit of hot headedness, which is which is not a bad thing. I, yeah. I like the passion. I like seeing guys that that want to be there, that 
get upset a little bit after a bad shot and get pumped up after a good shot. And exactly. So, she shows um, that they care. Shows that they care. Exactly. And uh, to a certain extent, of course, but right. To a certain um, extent. Yep. Absolutely. To a certain extent. But yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped about the guys we have coming in. We've got a, you know, three great players that are still here in Justin Thompson, Nathan Petronzio, yeah, and Holden Weisner. Um, Holden Weisner just won the Texas AM, which is great for him. It's going to help kind of springboard his success into the next year. And so, you know, we have some good players and, you know, I'm looking forward to adding these new freshmen in and kind of seeing what we can do. It's going to be a year of no expectations and kind of just running with it and seeing what we can do. And, you know, sometimes with having new blood in, these guys are so excited to come in and play that they're, they're just ready to go and ready to compete and ready to you know right. hit their ground running where, you know, some guys that have been there for a while are kind of ready for the next step. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about seeing what, what these guys can do. Uh, we've worked really hard for this class, obviously to replace Mac and, and Noah and, um, Ollie Osborne is, is a, is a tough task, but I think these guys are up for the challenge and, you know, they're, yeah. they're good players. They're young. They, they've had good results. Um, and so to be able to coach, actually get in there and coach a little bit harder for the first time uh, when you didn't have to in the past, is going to be, you know, a challenge, but really fun. I think for Chris and I, yeah, yeah, I'm super excited for you guys. I'm really excited to see how you guys go. And I mean, the nice thing about a young team is, is yes. I mean, you, you know, whether you have really good players coming in and yeah, you might need to work with them a little bit, but you guys, you guys have the potential to be good for a long time. You know right. what I mean? So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's also exciting too. So. Yeah, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a testament to the recruiting efforts that Jason and Chris did for a long time. And, yeah. you know, I think, what you what you hear all the time is good players recruit good players you know uh -huh, the, right the the better players you have in are going to continue to say hey I, those guys with smu and are now yeah. having success why can't i go to smu and have success and exactly and, and so you know you see that at the bigger schools like the oklahoma states and texas but to be a little old smu and not a power five school and and, and have the opportunity at some of these big recruits is a, is a pretty fun deal absolutely i mean gosh it's SMU just seems like a very special place. So, I mean, it's just, and it's just amazing everything that you guys are doing there and really excited for not only this next season, but the future seasons for you guys. And just also your journey too. I'm really excited for you, man. It's going to be, it's going to be fun yeah, to watch you guys. I appreciate that. It's going to be fun to be a part of maybe stressful at times, but I think <laughs> yeah. that's good. It's golf, right? How do we do exactly. uh, exactly. that? Kind of synonymous thing of life. It's, it's life. And it, it wouldn't be fun if it was easy all the time, right? Exactly, right. Everybody would be doing it. So, I mean, That's exactly. Right. We're heading to the next section of the show. I like to call the ham and egg section. It's just some for fun questions. Get to know sure. a little bit different. We kind of bouncing around a little bit. But, I mean, probably one of the most, like, important things that whenever, a, you know, a, a player is coming to SMU and, I mean, with the new freshmen that you have coming in, I mean, you guys are like their parent figures whenever they come right. to university. I mean, that's just kind of the task or the titles that kind of comes along with being an, a you know, right. golf coach. But I mean, what's it, what's it like being, you know, that you are that parent figure to players? Well, I think being labeled as a parent figure is a little scary for me because I'm only 28. So I gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Let's, let's, let's change that name to big brother, like big brother, like I, I don't gotcha. know if I want to have the responsibility of being a parent, but I guess it's the same type deal. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said before, you, you got such influence on these guys from 18 to 22 years old, right? That you're going to have a great opportunity to speak some life and truth into them at this age. You know, mm -hmm. ultimately it's their decision of what, um, how transparent and how easy they respond to you, but you know you have a great chance to say, "Hey, this is this is how I think life should be lived, and how you should work, and how you should do things." And not in a demanding, or not a demanding way or demeaning type way, but just say, "Hey, this is kind of what you know. This is this is where people have had success in the past, and just kind of pointing them in, into that into that light and saying, "Hey, this is this is kind of what it takes to be good. This is what you need to do. This is where you need to go with all this." And it's just it's not it's not like forcefully pushing. It's just kind of gently pushing them inside the guardrails and making sure they're doing the right things. And, exactly. You know, a, a big word for me is accountability, you know, holding these guys accountable to what oh, they yeah. want, right? All these guys want to be good. All these guys want to play professionally for the most part. They want to be the best player on the college golf team. They want to be all Americans. They want to win golf tournaments together as a team. And so my job is to hold them accountable to what they want. And mm -hmm. so, and sometimes it's having tough conversation, but sometimes it's, it's fun. You know, sometimes you say, Hey man, this is what I think you should do. And having a second pair of eyes on you that ha has had experience is always better than just kind of doing it by yourself. And right. So, right. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely not a, 
demanding or demeaning type role. It's definitely just to kind of the gently push and definitely kind of guide, definitely just kind of move these guys in the right direction of where you think they need to go. And this generation of young men kind of respond to, like I said before, relationships and gently guiding and gently mm-hmm. collab. It's more of a collaborative effort to try and get these guys to where they want to be. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a really fun position to be in and, 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 and uh, having this opportunity to speak truth and, and light into their lives is, is a, is an honor and a privilege basically. So. Absolutely. I mean, just everything that SMU, you know, it, just from hearing, you know, from you and just everything that you guys try to, you know, do with your players and everything like that. And I mean, it's just, it seems like SMU is a, you know, it's a, it's a great program to go to and geez, it's like, I mean, yeah. Chris and I are biased, but I, I think it's a pretty good spot. And yeah. I think that, Jeez. you know, I tell people this a lot. We have, we have a great facility. We've got a great schedule. We have yeah. um, the place, you know, recruits itself in a lot of ways. And I say, if you have two elephants running the program, you'd probably do a decent job. So right, we just, right. gotta, we just gotta be decent at what we do and uh, the results are going to speak for themselves, but you know, it's, it's definitely a great opportunity. I, I love Chris's vision for the program. He does such a great job of creating what he wants SMU to be like. And, and I just, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to follow what he's doing and, and, and be just the second voice to that. And uh, having that opportunity just makes it, makes it all that more much more fun and I, he loves he loves seeing people that are passionate about what they do right and, right, and chris right. De- chris is definitely so passionate about um smu golf and you know he he tells me all the time it, there's no school and no amount of money that would make him leave smu and you, you don't see that in our profession these days you know no there's kidding there's so many coaches that are willing to kind of go anywhere for anything to support their family but he's he's all smu he's all dallas he's an SMU alum, he, he's so passionate about what SMU is. And, you know, it's easy to follow a guy like that into battle. And so, right. um, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive that he's, he's so gung ho about it and it makes you excited about what you're doing too. So. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, he, you, I mean, you look at coach Parr and I mean, he just, <laughs> you could just tell that he bleeds SMU. I mean, it's yeah. from head to toe. <laughs> Yeah, when he when he gets out there in the competition and competition round around, he's very he's intense and wants to be wants to be good. So yeah, hey, that's great though. That's great to yeah, have that is. in a coach. I it mean, is. hey, it and is, it, and it's really great that you know you're able to be an you know an assistant to him and to learn everything you know that you're learning at SMU to apply, you know, not only in your life but you know if you know whenever you move on to being a head coach somewhere or. being the head coach at SMU one day I mean you just never know you just never know so right definitely it's really cool stuff man um next question I have here for you is more maybe like a situational or whenever you're on the actual golf course with players um you know whenever you guys are during competition rounds and I mean I'm sure practice rounds are a lot different Mm -hmm. but during the competition rounds I kind of want to talk about is whenever you're walking and talking with players I mean what are these conversations like are you guys Kind yeah. of go into maybe like what you guys are analyzing. I mean, is there a certain technique you guys like to do attack holes or, you know, kind of talk about that process. You know, it's Dylan, it's so different for each player. I, oh, you know, yeah. some guys want different things and, you know, it's, it all goes back to that relationship side of things. And if you're have a great relationship with, with a guy, they're going to be able to tell you, Hey, I, I don't want you reading my pots or, Hey, I, I don't need your help with this. I, I can, I can handle this on my own, but uh, it, it depends on the player. I, and I spent a lot of time walking with Noah Goodwin the last yeah. couple of years. He wants to be collaborative. He wants to be talking to through shots. Um, he, he'll ask you, what, what do you think it's playing? And, you know, he's not going to ask a ton, but he's going to, he's going to be collaborative in that regard. And he, it, I, I built some trust with him over the last couple of years where he values what I think. And that, yeah. that's helpful. And, but on the greens with him, he doesn't, he reads his own putts and kind of, unless he really doesn't know or really wants confirmation, he's not going to pull me in to read a putt. Gotcha. But it changes with other guys like Nathan Petronzio. We're, we're reading every putt. We're going through every shot. We're, we're talking about everything golf related. You know, something that doesn't change with me is I like to be really lighthearted out there. I like to talk to the guys, you know, loosely and, and, and have fun. And, and yeah. I'm a pretty lighthearted guy. I like to laugh. Um, I like to joke with the guys, you know, being out there for four and a half hours, five hours of competition can get, pretty strenuous and intense absolutely and if you don't break that intensity sometimes you're going to be some sometimes you're just going to explode you know it's it's just too much for 
for 36 holes or 18 holes a day that you're going to be, yeah. you're going to be exhausted at the end of it. And so I, I like to joke around with the guys. I like to tell them jokes. I like to tell them funny stories and be really a lighthearted that way. But when we're kind of in that little 30, 45 seconds, 60 second shot clock that we have, I like to be really intentional about, Hey, here's what I think it's doing or mm-hmm. um, going throughout the process. And after that, you can kind of break out of that and kind of go back to whatever you're talking about or, or doing mm-hmm. that. I, I think that's the best recipe, honestly. You, you kind of focus in when you need to, and then kind of zone out after that. I think it's just so such a hard game where in football, you have such short stints of, of play and then you get to right. take a little break in golf. Yeah. You're always thinking, yeah. man, why, why did I make that double on the last hole? Why do why yeah. did I make that triple? Oh my gosh. I just made five birdies in a row. Can I make six? What if I, what if I make a double on this next hole? I mean, you're always thinking about, you know, some guys tell me, I don't even know what I'm at. I'm like, yes, you do. And everyone knows what they're at. Like, <laughs> They know, they, you know how many under you, you are, you know how many over you are. And, right, right. Uh, you know, Nathan Petronzio did a great job this this year of just kind of, kind of staying present. I, I truly don't think Nathan knew what he was at or what he how many over he was. And, you know, he wouldn't even write down scores for the 17 holes. And he'd say, hey, coach, can you, can you pull up a golf stat? I need to write down <laughs> this guy's scores. And so he did a great job of staying present. And and I think that's, that's wow. a testament just – to being distracted, honestly, you know, if you're, oh, yeah. if you're, if you're staying present, you're, you're probably distracted with something. And so you're not thinking about what you did in the last three holes or what's coming up or, you know, I said, Hey, let's, let's, I would always say, Hey, let's get a birdie here. It's like, I'm coach. I'm just hitting shots. Coach, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to hit a shot here and I'm just going to try to hit a shot. And, you know, we're not, we're not worried about anything. You know, if, I'm not checking golf set after the round. I'm, I'm just hitting shots out here, coach. And I'm like, I, I really appreciate this because he's got more discipline than most guys do. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch guys who are really staying in the present, and uh, you know, you kind of have to if you want to be really good. So, I mean, and he had some great results this last year too. I mean, it's it just shows in his game. Yeah, he started really coming into his own this spring, and you know, he's yeah. very talented, obviously, and uh, you know, he's a he's a great player. He a lot of physical ability, and uh, you know, he's good done some great work with the swing coach, Troy Denton. Uh, I think, I think he's going to be really good for us next year. He's got the same, same type level talent as, as Noah and Mac, Mac does. And he's a, he's also just a phenomenal young man. So it's, it's fun to root for a guy like that. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to spend a lot of time with him on the golf course this next year. Fortunate to be a part of it and just kind of, kind of taking it one step at a time and, you know, just trying to do the best I can for, for Chris and the guys. So. There you go. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. That's right. That's right. Um, Next one I have, next question here is more kind of the recruiting stuff. And is there any advice that you could give, you know, junior players or people that are trying to transfer to, you know, SMU or other schools? I mean, for the recruiting process. I mean, I I think I'm kind of a a testament to to that whole situation and just go where you can play golf. Um, Right. Go where you're competitive um, because ultimately that's going to one, make you better, but it's, too going to help you have the most fun and a richer time there. I think, I think we live in such a world of, you know, everyone wants to play division one golf. Everyone wants to wear the big logos. You want to wear the, you know, be at the big school and, and feel like you're, you matter more right. because you're at a big school. And I, I just don't think that's the case. I think you'll see more guys that end up liking golf more after college that have played a ton and been part of a somewhat competitive environment instead yeah. of guys that just go to division one school and, ride the bench for four years and, you know, get the cool t-shirt and, and do all that, but you never really get better doing that. And so exactly, I think there's, there's so many good places to play. Like, as you know, there, there's so many good places to play and so many f- fun opportunities to be had on the road. And I think the best memories I've ever had playing college golf was being on the road with my teammates, not qualifying at a golf course or at a practice or right or anything of that in that regard but just definitely going out and playing and, and competing on the road with your teammates and so yeah my best my best advice is to go somewhere you can play um go somewhere where you like the coach you know there's not there's turnover there's turnover in coaching anywhere but there's definitely it's it's less than other sports and so mm-hmm. and also go go somewhere where the school is what you like, you know, ultimately you're going to spend a lot of time there. You're going to spend a lot of time, uh, at the school. And so you better, you better enjoy it while you're there. College golf is 50, 50, and that's 50 college and 50% golf. Right. So mm-hmm. you better, you better enjoy being at the college. So 
Absolutely. Great advice there. I mean, having going to a place that you're going to play at, I think is, God, that's one of the biggest things, because like you said, you could ride the bench for four years. And if you want to play professional golf or get better, I mean, you're not going to get better that way. I mean, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And you better, I think another good advice too, is you better love it. You have to, you you have to love golf. You have to be all in on golf. You have to be a hundred percent ready to go play. Um, because it's a grind. I mean, it's like, it's, it is a job when you better be focused on, on, uh, on getting better or else it's not going to be fun. So yeah, it's going to eat you up. That's for sure. It's going to eat you up and spit you out. That's right. Exactly, man. Yeah. It's just, that's great stuff. Great advice for people out there that, I mean, it's just, if I could have had this information whenever I was going through, you know, recruiting process, I, I right. just, I love talking to coaches like this. So really glad you brought that stuff. Right. And I kind of lucked into it. I, you know, I never really, you know, really never had a big opportunity to go to a big division one school. So, and mm-hmm. I, I was kind of forced into it and I was, looking back on it, it was probably the best decision for me and best situation for me at the time. So um, next question I have here for you is, you know, we've talked about, you know, the future of the program and, you know, what you guys are trying to do at SMU, but I'm really curious about yourself. Do you like to set goals for yourself? You know, what does your future look like? Or are you just, you know, trying to stay present like Nathan is, you know, just doing your thing right. at SMU? Well, I, I guess you got to practice what you preach, right, Dylan? There you go. Sure you, I'm a, uh, I'm a big believer in doing the best I can in the current position I'm at. And yeah, um, yeah. hopefully my, you know, the results are fruitful enough where I can have that opportunity to be a head coach someday. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm not a huge goal setter. I, I don't have a timeline of when I want to be a head coach or when I want to do all that. And so I'm, I'm really just kind of focused on, on doing the best I can with SMU and hopefully our results speak for themselves where I can, someday transition to being a head coach. I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to staying at SMU for 10 years and being, end up being the head coach at SMU. There's no, there you go. there's no really plan that I have in mind or goal I have in mind. I'm really, I'm really happy where I'm at. I've got a great boss. I've got great guys on the team. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty set um, on the situation and trying to be the best support system I can for Chris and the guys. And, um, you know, there's, you know, there's so much upside for this program that it's, it's, hard not to want to be a part of it and so absolutely I'm, I'm pretty excited about what we got going on i'm going to continue to work as hard as i possibly can on recruiting and, and fundraising and schedule and and player player development as much as i can and we'll see where it all takes me so there you go man that's it you know just uh, i love that answer you know you just you're just doing the best you possibly can with you know where you're at right now and i mean mm-hmm. that's just that's great i mean it, you got a great thing going at smu so i i mean if you I wouldn't want to leave if I were in your shoes either. So <laughs> no, and, and you get to practice golf and, and play golf at Trinity Forest Golf Club. Oh my gosh. So not, yeah. I, I don't have a, there's not many places I think that beat Trinity Forest and, and what we have there. And so being around there all the time and being around the members and um, how they support SMU and, and how they support our program is, is huge. I mean, the founder and the owner of the club is, is an SMU alum and you know, that place lives and dies by SMU. And so it's kind of fun that, all the members support SMU players. They support our golfers. They, they do a lot for our, for our guys and um, mentor our guys in, in, in that regard. And it's just, a, it's a special place to be a part of. So. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's just, that place looks amazing. God, I hope one day I can go there and check it out. It, that place is just amazing there. Well, you're, you're welcome. Anytime, anytime you want to come out, come on out. <laughs> Appreciate that. That is amazing stuff. Um, we're heading to the last question here. Um, you know, we talked about kind of seeing your process full circle, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. like to bring it back maybe to people that have been in your circle, you know, throughout your, your life, but right. is there been kind of, you know, a few people or a group of people that have really inspired you to be the person slash coach you are today? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to my dad. Um, my dad passed away last July and he was a, such a mainstay in my life, huge mentor, like figure of mine. And, and he, he was such an amazing man, uh, just kind, gentle, wise. I think the characteristics he had would have made a great coach somewhere. I mean, he wasn't the best golfers by any means, but yeah, just those those characters, characteristics that he exhibited were just so great for, to be a coach. And so, you know, I think I take, like I said back back earlier in the podcast, subconsciously, like the uh, the characteristics he gave me and yeah. uh, kind of exuded on me would have created a great coach and, and he was an awesome man. And, you know, I miss him every day. He was such a champion and uh, I'm sure if he was coaching college golf somewhere, he would have done a great job. But, you know, even, even the mentors I had with Tom and, and Vince at McLennan and ACU, those guys just really helped me kind of 
helped me turn me into the man I am today. I was such a knucklehead in, in early, my early college days. And <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. I had them to kind of keep me inside the guardrails and kind of tell me, Hey, this is what, this is what you need to do. And this is what, what you need to be like, and this is how to be professional and really thankful for those guys. Cause you, you know, you don't, you, you don't ever, you know, earn those, those kinds of people. You never really kind of uh, do anything to receive those kinds of people in your life. They just kind of yeah. pop up and show up and, yeah. You know, sometimes people aren't as fortunate. They don't get as good as mentors and people like that in their lives. And, and so it's, uh, I'm really thankful that I had those opportunities with those, with, with those three guys. And, you know, I'm very thankful for them each day. I, I don't get to talk to my dad anymore, but I get to talk to, talk to my two uh, coaches still. And, you know, those are, those are like father-like figures to me till to this day. And so I'm, I'm really thankful for those guys. Absolutely, man. You know, and I'm really sorry to hear that about your dad. You know, I, mean, I know that's a Thank you. that's a very significant person in your life there. So, but I mean, it, it's great to have you know the lessons he taught you, the coaches that you had, you know, the role models that you had in your right. life. You know, you 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 were dealt some pretty good cards. It seems like so. I mean, yeah, it's, that's, that's a great way to. You know, most people aren't as fortunate, or you know, it's it's hard to be fortunate. It's hard to kind of create your own fate in, in that regard, and so. Uh, I'm thankful, man. I, I think I, you don't really do anything to deserve that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. And I, there, there's not a day that it goes by where I don't take that perspective and, and into my mindset. And so um, continue to try to learn and become better each day. Right. Absolutely. And you know, I'm, your dad, he'll always be with you. He's looking down on you as we speak, I'm sure. Right. And, you know, Definitely. I mean, he's, he's always with you. So, I mean, it's just, Definitely. it's great. It's great to, you know, kind of shine some light on those people in your life. So. Um, definitely there's no doubt about it awesome man well that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with Dylan Otto. coach thank you so much for coming on you know i just wish you guys nothing but the best at smu and just wherever wherever your journey goes and i'm just really excited for you guys to see how you you know not only yourself you do but just the team as well thanks dylan all the best to you and you, you, you produce some great content and it's it's fun to watch your stuff and uh continue to do the do a great job that's awesome. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Have a good one, everybody. Yep. yep. Talk to you soon, Bill. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes, like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.